So, like Chris said, my name is Corey, and my wife right there of 10 years is Nicole, my beautiful wife. We got married 10 years ago uh, this year. We had our 10-year wedding anniversary in July, and we have two kids, Jeremiah, my son, who is five years old, our son, and Allie, our daughter, who's three years old. And it was about a month and a half ago, I suppose, when Pastor Mike and Trinette asked if I would share this morning. And to be quite honest with you, um, speaking in front of people is not really top on my list of things to do. Um, Some people have a a bucket list. There was a movie a few years ago that came out about that. And this is not on my bucket list. Okay, but when they asked, I tried um, my best not to go with what my flesh was saying. Uh, I, I, I really wanted to say no. I did. And what I try to do nowadays is to just really go to God and see what He has. And so I told Him I would think about it, I would pray about it, and I did just that. I, I went to God and I, I wrestled it out and I was really wanting to tell him that I just don't want to do it. (laughs) And God had different plans. He began to show me and give me some things to speak about. And once that happens, well, it's really hard to say no then. So here I am, and like I said, I am humbled um, to be up here. And to be honest with you, to be brutally honest, I kind of, um, well, I guess I have a fear of speaking. I, I do. It's something I've uh, battled with. I've spoke a few other times. Um, but as you see in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, self-discipline, sound mind. And so through God's power, through what He's calling us to, that is where I look and that's where I went and I tried my best to understand that He can do it even when I can't. That He is bigger than anything I could possibly be facing. And that I can trust in Him and that He will carry me. And that's an awesome thing to be able to go to, isn't it? That God is bigger than anything we can possibly face. And so today I'm going to be talking a little bit about putting our trust and our faith in God, about being prepared for what He has for us. Being prepared. Putting our trust and our faith in Him. And I'm going to kind of do this by sharing my story with this. Kind of what I went through. What I dealt with. um, Some of the difficulties I had with this. Because I had some. Um, Proverbs 3.5, if we could put that one up, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lead not on our own understanding. And that's where I think I had a little bit of a problem. See, because when we first got saved, which was about 11 years ago, for me, 11 and a half for Nicole. She's always quicker to things than I am. 
smarter about it too. I'm over here trying to figure things out. I'm trying to logically wrap my mind around it. And she sees things a little more clearly and a little faster than I do. So she was about 11 and a half years ago. I was 11 years ago. And, you know, the first three, four, five years of being saved was a really exciting time for us. I remember we were part of a young, vibrant church, a lively church that was going after God with all they had. There was really cool things happening that God was doing. We were growing. We were learning. We were experiencing God in very tangible, tangible ways. We were being set free from addictions we had, from bondage that was in our life, being set free from a lot of things. And what I didn't realize, because if you would have asked me at that time, do you trust God? I would have said, sure. I mean, who doesn't, right? Any of us who are believers, when you ask that question, do you trust God? Do you trust what He has for you? Well, of course we do. But what I realized is that I put more trust and faith in me and my ability than God. And whatever was left over after I trusted myself, then I would trust Him. And about six years ago, I began to get sick. It was... uh, Sorry. It was a hard time. It was a sickness that kind of just went steadily down, down, down. There would be times where I'd get sick and then I'd get a little better. And I get sick, and I get a little better, and I would get sicker, and I get a little better. But the sickness seemed to get worse as the years went on. There was more symptoms that were coming up. I began to get this chronic fatigue, and this chronic fatigue would come with this really sick, sick feeling inside. And the fatigue got so bad that I started missing work. I would be laid up on the couch for days, sometimes for weeks. I started getting other symptoms too. I started getting headaches, terrible headaches. I had a headache once for 35 days straight. That one didn't end too well. Ended up in the ER and throwing up and all sorts of things. Started getting joint pain all over my body. I was getting pain in my feet. I was stiff. I was stiffening up. I'm in my early 30s and I felt like I was falling apart. I would I would sleep all night when I could sleep. I would sleep all night and I'd wake up. I'd get out of bed at 6 a.m. to go to work. My feet would just terribly hurt. My body was stiff and sore. I had no idea what was going on. I was going to doctors. I was going to this doctor, going to that doctor. They were trying to figure it out. Started going, uh, testing some natural ways of things, trying to figure things out that way. I remember my feet would hurt so bad sometimes that the first 15 minutes of getting out of bed, I was walking. I was just barely walking. I felt like I was kind of just very stiff and and painful and it it just seemed really odd that someone who was in their early 30s would be going through these symptoms. I began to get brain fog. 
I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that, but I have in a pretty bad way. I, I, I was a person who could generally put things together pretty good. I was pretty quick on my feet, I thought. I was good with numbers. I could make decisions. I had to. At work, I was in management. I had people working under me. I had to make decisions. At home, decisions. There was a lot of decisions that had to be made. I was losing that ability in every area of my life. I couldn't make decisions anymore. I couldn't even hardly sometimes think. I began to get huge bouts of anxiety. Huge bouts of anxiety. I gotta tell you a story. It's, it's kind of a funny story now that I can look back on it. It wasn't funny at the time. I literally thought I was dying. But it's kind of funny now. Nicole and I, we, we try and go on date night, you know, once a week. Doesn't always happen, but we try. And so we, we, we're going on a date, and this was probably, I don't know, four or five years ago. And for whatever reason, she happened to be driving, and generally I drive. I don't think I was feeling very well. She was driving, and, and we're on the freeway, and we're heading to wherever we were going, and my chest started just tightening up, just tightening right up. I couldn't breathe. I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I don't know if you know what happens, but I, and I didn't really know this, but I started hyperventilating. I started hyperventilating. And when you hyperventilate, the chemistry in your body starts to change. And so what happened is I started to freeze up. My body started to freeze and my hands went like this. I'm sitting in the car, and Nicole's right there. She's driving, and my hands go, whoop, and I'm like, what? You know, I look like Karate Kid in the car, and my hands went right up, and, I'm, and, I, and I can't breathe, and I feel like I'm dying, and my face froze forward, and my mouth kind of froze shut, and I'm like, Nicole, I can't breathe, and I'm frozen like Karate Kid. I don't know what's going on, and I'm trying to talk, and she looks at me, and she didn't tell me this at the time, but she told me afterwards, my face... The color of my skin was turning like white, whitish, bluish type deal. I was, I was turning color. And so, you know, she goes straight to the ER room, and that was our lovely date night in the ER. Not recommended, but that's where we went. And, and the door opens, and I remember thinking, literally, I thought I was dying. I did. And I remember praying. I said, God, if it's my time, it's my time. I don't have any control over that, but I have a young son, and I have a wife. You need to take care of them. You need to take care of them. And they open up the door in the, the ER, and I'm sitting like this, I can't even look at them. And Nicole said, they didn't really think uh, much of it. And I'm thinking, if I didn't think I was dying, I would have been kind of embarrassed, like, could you please just get me out of the car? And they, they peel me out and put me on this thing, and I'm going around like this. And to them, it seemed kind of normal, but it wasn't normal to me. It was It was an interesting... Interesting date night, to say the least. I remember the chronic fatigue. It got worse and worse. Like I said, I started missing time at work. I had to take medical leave of absence multiple times. A month here, or I mean a week here, week and a half there. At one point, I had to take two and a half months off. Two and a half months. Most of the time, I was laid up on the couch. And I remember taking a shower was very challenging to do. It was very challenging. That was the extent of my day sometimes was trying to get in that shower and then get back to the couch and that was it. 
I felt terrible because Nicole had to do everything with our family, make all the decisions, everything from getting food to cooking to uh, just all the daily routine stuff. She had to, and then take care of me on top of it. I remember one of the first times I had to take a leave and I was on the couch literally the whole week. And I remember my son, he was about one and a half, and he's playing on the floor. And I couldn't even get off the couch to play with him. And I went to God and I said, God, what is going on? What is happening? Where are you in the middle of all of this? Where are you? And I remember at that time, I I knew that I had to make a decision. You see, in the first three, four, five years of my walk with God, things were great. I was learning, growing this way, not this way. I had no depth. I had no deep relationship with God. I really wasn't even reading my Bible. Not that much. I was hardly praying. I wasn't prepared for what God had for me. Not that I'm saying you get prepared for being sick. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God has a a call on every single one of our lives. And He wants us to be prepared for that call. And I wasn't preparing myself. I wasn't reading like I should have been. My Bible. I wasn't seeking after a deep, deep personal relationship with God. I wasn't going after that. So I had to make a decision. Was I going to run to Him and give Him everything I had? Or was I going to run from Him and be mad and be frustrated and probably watch things continue to fall apart? Luckily, I ran to Him. I ran to Him. And I feel like God is calling us to rise up, to be prepared. I feel like He is calling us to be prepared for what He has, to be prepared for what this world might throw our way. It probably would have been a little bit easier to go through that sickness, probably a lot easier if I would have been a little prepared and I would have had put more of my trust and faith in Him. Because what I realized at that time was that I put my trust and my faith in me. And when me fell apart, boy, that was scary. That was scary. Those were some some of the darker times. God's looking for us to run to Him, to trust Him, to put our faith in Him, to be prepared for what He wants to do, to listen for that calling that He has for us, the calling to rise up, to be ready. We get to partner with God. We get to partner with the God of heaven and earth who created everything, and nothing is impossible with Him. Nothing. There's nothing He can't do. 
Not one thing. And I, I, I look and I think, what is it like? What can God do with a person who yields their life fully to Him? What can He do? What can He do with a group of people who yield their lives or their way fully to Him? And there, there's some really cool stories in the Bible. There's some really cool people. And I'm going to share one of those stories that's been sticking out to me lately. Before I do, why don't we put up Matthew 6.33 if we could. This was something that I also had to learn. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. And He will take care of everything else. He'll take care of everything else if we seek Him first. That, that's amazing. That's amazing. What can God do when we yield our life fully to Him? I think of Moses. What an awesome story he has. What an awesome life he lived. And you know, Moses was just an everyday person just like you, just like me. Just an everyday person. He was no superhero. He was no special person. He had a calling on his life. It took him a little bit to figure it out, but he had a calling on his life. Look where he started. He had to, basically, he exiled himself from where he was living. He killed someone. He was trying to do a good thing. He was trying to, you know, break someone up, break break up a fight, or, or he was trying to help someone, but he, he killed someone. And he got scared. And he left. And he was gone for 40 years. 40 years. He missed out on 40 years because he had to leave. But he had compassion for his people. He had deep compassion for his people. And God came to him. He had a pretty powerful experience. A big burning bush telling him what to do. I can't say that I've experienced it quite that way. Sometimes it would be nice. Be a little more clear, right? And what does he do? What does he do? He had a pretty powerful experience. He has this burning bush talking to him. It's God telling him to go back and tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And what does he do? He starts to argue with him a little bit. He says, surely not not me. I don't even speak well. And I guarantee you, he was a little bit afraid. I guarantee you he was dealing with some fear. But he went. He began to get prepared. 
He began to fully put his trust and his faith faith in God. And let's fast forward through his life to the end of his life. He's 120 years old. 120. He's strong. He was about to die, but he was strong. He was healthy. He's leading close to a million people right to the promised land. Right here. And he says, go and take it. Because that's what God said to do. Go and take it. I can't go with you on this journey. It's my time. But go and take it because God said to take it. Trust Him. Follow Him. Listen to what He says and do everything just the way He says it, and go and take the, the promised land. And he, he, he guarantees that God will be with them if they just listen. He's leading close to a million people. Look at where He started. Just Himself. In the desert, Mount Sinai. Man, what an amazing story. What an amazing thing. See, we all have a calling. might not be like Moses. But there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of, a lot of things that we can do for God if we listen to what He's calling us to do. And I'm not talking about doing all sorts of different things. I'm talking about the one thing that God's putting on your heart, on my heart. And then go after it with everything we have, and trust that He will take care of it. I love the story of Moses. I love it. What can God do? What can He do? We're gonna we're gonna take communion. During communion, we're gonna play a song, and I want to encourage you. We're gonna have the prayer teams come up. Even during communion, we're just gonna have them stand in the front here and be ready. I want to encourage you. If God's putting something on your heart, if God's giving you vision, if God's Speaking to you. If there's a healing you want. Whatever it is. Whatever that looks like. If you feel God stirring you in any way, I would encourage you to come up front. Don't leave. But come up front. Or just tell someone. Stay in your seat. Tell someone right next to you. Or come up front. We would love, love, love to pray for you. And we believe that God can do anything. We believe God could heal you right here, right now. We believe that God, if He's putting a vision in your heart, that He will start that right here, right now. But just like Pastor Mike said last week, we're not down here waiting for God to move. 
He's up there. And he's waiting for us to just gently come to him.